Hey guys, what's good? You're listening to the Social Club Misfits podcast. I'm Hannah and Fern and Marty are here as well. And on today's show, we are going to be talking about different things. Um, The first, yeah, many different things. The first thing um, that I wanted to discuss was um, the Oscars have announced that they've got a crisis team in place after last year's Will Smith slap. Yeah, they got to be prepared for all uh, all crisis. Yeah, so you never, you never um, know what could happen now. Yeah, so um, they're just saying that they've gone through many different um, possible things, and they the stage is farther now, and there's more yeah. stairs. And it says that the team has run many scenarios um, in case anything happens when it takes place next month. Thanks, Will Smith. Yes. So, what are your thoughts? I, well, it's funny because the other day I posted on my Instagram how um, there's this picture where somebody has the slap, like they have the picture of the slap, and then under it, they have the signature of Will Smith and of Chris Rock. It's like Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. <laughs> the culture's moving so fast, bro, that that's, that's looked at as a memorabilia, man. I don't even know if I'm even going to watch them because it's always like this whole thing, but uh, maybe I'll be on the lookout for the crisis team and see what they're up to. <laughs> Hopefully something good happens with that crisis team. <laughs> Make something good out of the crisis team, guys. You're, you got yeah, it. You got absolutely. it now. I don't know where he's going with it, or I don't know how he, he's going to survive, but I'll tell you what, he's too big to fail. Will Smith is too big to fail. I know he's got, he's, he went to India for a while. He, you know, he was seeing the gurus and he was trying to figure out what he was doing, but he's back now. And you know, he's too big to fail. He's going to come right back and figure it out. Um, but it was an ugly moment, and I never thought that that moment could come from Will Smith. I'll be honest with you. I, ne- I never thought. Never. Out of pocket. But he had that slap video. Remember the slap video when he was on the red carpet? When he slapped that one dude trying to give him a yeah. kiss? So he had it in him, yeah. but I didn't think that, you know what I mean? He had it in him, but I didn't, I didn't want that. Not, not, on, not on Chris Rock. Yeah, it was a little too crazy. I didn't, I didn't like that either. Okay. Um, the next subject is that this week is Lent, the beginning oh, wow. of Lent. So I don't know if you guys observe that, have an opinion about it. Um, my other thing is, like, do you guys do Pancake Day in wow. the US? Shrove is Tuesday. It, th- th- is, this, th- is this a very interesting... Did we pass thing? it? We passed it already? Did it pass already? Yeah, so it was on uh. Tuesday. So it's called Shrove Tuesday, and it's, like, the day before Lent mm, starts. Okay. Um, and obviously Lent is the 40 days leading up to Easter, where traditionally some churches will fast or they'll give something up for Lent. Um, but I, I don't know what the history of it is, but we make pancakes here on the Tuesday. Um, and it's just a thing. It's, like, in our, like, Google calendars and stuff. Um, yeah. So do you guys observe Lent or anything? I feel like or I sh- have an opinion about I feel, it. Should we? Should we? Uh, should let's, I? <laughs> yeah, should I? I think by next should episode, we, we should really look into it and see if it's something we want to get on because, uh, I mean, I, res- <laughs> I know it's something I can respect. I know I can respect it. I know every time I went to school yeah. and I went to my work or wherever I was and somebody went to go, you know, get blessed by the priest or whatever and get the mark, get the uh, the ash mark on their forehead, I, I respected it. I never, I never clowned nobody. I, I always knew it was something important, but I never necessarily practiced it myself. What do your spiritual disciplines look like? Because mm-hmm. fasting is a part of like just like being a Christian, but yeah. like how how do you observe that personally in your life? I would say that prayer, reading the Word of God, uh, fasting—actually, those three things. Those things to me are extremely important, and I think seasonally you need to incorporate those things in your life. And even if you're a new believer, you should be incorporating like, hey, what should I? Can I should I fast this week? Like, do you feel like I feel like fasting also is the easiest way to get you out of 
a spiritual slump. It's a good detox. Absolutely, it is. Uh, and I'm 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 always intermittent fasting and doing stuff like that. But I uh, I definitely agree with what Marty said. It's always. I'm like I said, I'm literally always fasting, but spiritually speaking, it's always good to detox. And I'm about to go on a, even though I'm doing this podcast right now, I'm about to go on a social media fast. Like, I, like I'll, I'll post whatever I have to do for business or whatever. But as far as like, uh, you know, being on it or, you know, letting it consume me, I'm, I'm making it a point to just put it on my wife's phone. I'm going to take the app away from my phone for a sec um, and just try to just try to like digitally detox for a second. Um it's definitely necessary. I even got the kids doing it. We're doing a little challenge at the crib. And I, I, I don't know if I told you this, Marty, but like maybe two, three weeks ago, like my daughter, like I, I saw she was like really hooked on her phone. I'll be honest. Right. And, um, and as a parent, I was just like, Hey man, you know, let's, let's do a little digital detox. And we took her phone away. She was, uh, she was needing to do a couple things at school and, and at, at her room that I wanted her to clean up her room and things of that nature. And one thing that I realized, I get right to it. One thing that I realized, as soon as I took that phone away, he, there went two days, three days, four, she wasn't even asking me for it. She was so present. She was having so much fun. Um, we were communicating even more. And it was just like, I saw it. It was almost like the matrix to unplug, you know, they take it off the back of your neck and, and you just, and I'm just, she was back, you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't even like no, no crazy drastic thing, but I'm just saying, I could literally see it, the effect that it has on somebody. Um, so I'm telling you, like, I'm definitely trying to digitally detox. It's something that I want to uh, do more intently is be more present, be more present in the moment. I have so many things to do that I could be present for, um, whether it's being with my family, whether it's being on the road with Marty, whether it's being in my son's baseball games, my daughter's volleyball games. I literally have so many things that I need to be present for, like even this podcast, like we're, we're like literally in it. You know what I'm saying? They don't know what we go through to give the, to give you guys this. Like we literally troubleshoot behind the scenes. Sometimes it takes an hour to get this show on the road and going, but we take the time and we do it. Cause we want you guys to, you know, you know, whatever, whatever game, whatever wisdom we could give, we want to be able to give it to you guys. But, um, but as far as, you know, discipline and devotionals in the morning, me and Marissa wake up at four 30, have the same devotional we've been doing forever. Um, we'll put it at the, we'll put it at the bottom of the, of the footnotes of this podcast. Um, but we do it every morning and for the most part, it sets a good tone. Whether you wake up and you drink your coffee, what I like to do is drink key lime, but it sets a good tone. You get up and have a good routine in the morning. It'll set your day. I like to wake up at four 30. That's part of my routine, but prayer in the morning, the devotional in the morning starting and, um, just setting a good tone for the rest of the day but waking up early most of my days most of my days done uh, by the time it's 7 38 o'clock so another episode will be about all the things i like to do after that but for the most part you know you have to have a good prayer life and not only just like oh i'm going to pray right now and i'm about to dear heavenly father right now i'm talking about just generally like i'm home alone a lot of times Marty, you're home alone a lot of times. You know, we're, we work from home, we're home. And make a long story short, it's just like, I literally just talk in the air. You know how like, you stub your toe, be like, dang. Like, I literally speak in the air. If I'm talking to God and I'm, and I'm trying to work something out, I'm listen, I'm 43 years old. I'm aware how to speak to God. So I know I cut out all the nooks and crannies. I'm going straight to him. You know what I'm saying? Um, from my lips to God's ears. And I'm like, God, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what, And I like to just talk it out. I like to just talk it straight out. And for the most part, that's just how it's always been for years. I feel that's one of the beautiful blessings I got from being raised in a uh, Christian home. One of the beautiful things I did get was how to communicate with God and how to always know that he was there. No matter what situation I was in, he's always there. I could always communicate and he was always listening. Yeah, so. I like that. I think um, what you both said kind of... Um, 
rings true for me as well. I think um, for me with fasting, it's something that definitely heightens my like godly wisdom and my discernment. Um, so like when I'm making decisions about business or like relationships and things like that, um, I think like it can help bring clarity on stuff. Um, and then I think the thing that we all kind of relate to is that like God is accessible. We don't have to um, go through these grand procedures or like do all of this like really spiritual stuff to try and get to God. We can literally talk to God in our day. Um, and I think like remembering that is like a huge thing. And that's like what helps me is like being in constant communication with God um, as well as prayer. Um, yeah. So. Hey, one thing I, one thing I want to say before we got off that subject, some of the foods that you eat will contribute to your mind state. So you gotta, you gotta watch some of the foods you eat, a lot of sugar, a lot of that gluten, a lot of crazy stuff like research it. Don't take my word for it, but even take a, a nutrition test, even take a, a food test for your body to see what your body is capable of eating, what you shouldn't be eating, what's anti-inflammatory, what's inflaming your body. There's a lot of things that'll put your mindset at the, on the wrong place. So just before we got off it, I wanted to say that. So look what you uh, put in your body because the body is the temple and that's why I leave it at. I ain't trying to be all cliche, but yeah. one thing I would say is like this. This is where I'm at with it. Like I have in my hands right now a bag of organic dried mango, right? And then on the same shelf, there'll be another version of this. And on the back of this, I'll go to the back. That's why one thing I'll tell you, when you, whenever you buy something, don't go with the front 100% natural, uh, organic. You got to turn it around, read the back. So the back of this says the only ingredient is um, ingredients, organic mango. See, so I would purchase this. The reason I even bring it up is because the other pack says sulfur dioxide, uh, ascorbic acid, and it'll be almost the same product. And so you got to really be careful because there's a lot of times you're buying something that you love, but with so many unnecessary different ingredients in it. So at least the best thing you could do is when you buy items, read the back and try to get as the least ingredients possible because you don't need 43 ingredients to make a chocolate-covered pretzel. It's kind of an you American don't. issue. Like It is. It is. Some of our foods are banned, Marty, in other countries. That's wild. They say we learn now in, in 24 hours. We learn more in 24 hours today than our ancestors wow. did in a, in 100 wow, years. I believe wow. that. 100% I believe that. That's mm-hmm. a fact. Like, so one of the things I've been doing it actually ties back to the old conversation we were having about our spiritual routine. One of the things I've been doing has been just not using my phone for an hour and just like taking a walk or going. And it's hard because I think immediately what happens in your mind is you start to think of all the things you have to do. Right. Like as soon as you don't have your phone, you're like, I have a million things to do now. Yeah. I feel like um, it goes. Have you heard about like this thing where people are like fasting dopamine hits or whatever? That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. So it's like by I I, can't, I don't know the they're giving exact out they're giving the whole like, game out yeah because we're endlessly exactly so we're getting that dopamine hit constantly and it's actually unnatural so like the things that would usually bring joy into our lives like maybe our response to them is our not tolerance as like is too, yeah I don't know as it yeah. should be. Yeah, so like you Fern, you know how earlier you were saying about how like when you took yeah. um your daughter's phone off her for a couple of days she They're was not. really present and it's like it's that thing of like catching it, it takes more, everything takes I, way I don't more know, it's like yeah. it's very easy to kind of get that hit from social media if that makes sense because we're just it's like instant gratification yeah. you yeah. know 100 percent. so yes yeah i think it's changing even like the way that we i don't know interact in our like real life and stuff it's kind of weird 
And that's the word right there, interact. And there's two ways to interact. There's the real life way when you unplug from the phone that we interact with real communication, you know, whether you're in nature, whether wherever you're at, you're dealing with it in real time. And then you have the way that you interact digitally. You know what I'm saying? And because you, Marty, let's be clear. People don't act the same never energy do. digitally as in real reality. Even at shows, people are like acting tough and then you actually meet them in person and they don't feel, they don't look the same. They it don't, doesn't transfer over. You know, in, early in our career, we would deal with that a lot more as the people would try to trash us. And then we, all right, give, Fern would actually be like, hey, give me your phone number. I'll call you right now. Oh Let me tell God. you something. That tone would change. I used to be at work, man. I'd be on roofs. I was still doing screening and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, look, give me your number, bro. I need to call you right now. The last thing that's kind of on my list for today is the revival mm. in Asbury, which we kind of mentioned earlier. But um, it started on February 8th, yeah. I believe. Um, and now it's moved, it's- right? They, the, I believe that the, 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 the head of the school was like, we can't do this here because actually it's stopping. Like we're not even able to have normal classes. So they actually just moved it. Yeah, they're just meeting. They're just meeting other different times and stuff like that. But it's spreading all over the country. Other people are doing it. And uh, it almost reminds me, well, it reminds me of IHOP, Marty, uh, inter- the International House of Prayer. Yeah. Do you ever remember that, uh, Hannah, the IHOP? The International House of no. Prayer? Yeah. You so said IHOP and I thought of the... I- pancakes, um- yeah. Yeah. Um, So basically, uh, there is a Kansas City. There is a place called IHOP, and it's International House of Prayer, which is just terrible name that they they couldn't figure out anything else. But anyway, um, so it's like a prayer service that has lasted like twenty years. It's never stopped. And so um, Corey Asbury came out of there. A lot of famous people have come out of it. Um, Jesus Culture people. A lot of people. Anyway. So that's what it does remind me of. It's like that 24-7 prayer. I love seeing... Always the, love it. Yeah. I don't know what the word... Rev- here, here. I guess here would be my thought, and this is where I'll tread carefully, but like, what is revival to everybody, right? But before you even say that, but before you even do that, if whether it's revival or not, I love it. We still... Yes. We, I'm still going to yes. love it. It's, you know, it's I, still, I still want it. I still welcome it. Yeah. I, I wonder though, what is revival? Like, yeah. is it a revival of like, we are getting on fire for God. So it's reviving us and the body of Christ. Is it, hey, revival where a bunch of people are getting saved that never got saved? Is like, what is it? Because I, I feel like that word revival is so such a loaded word, but what yeah. is it? I know for the for this circumstance, it's like prayer and worship 24-7. Everyone's really excited about it. I love that. I think that's incredible. But what is what is revival, I guess, in your minds? I just think we're going to have to get the stories, too, from the ground floor. Like, right now, it's so brand new. There's got to be a documentary. Somebody needs to get on the floor, get all the stories, find out what was going on there. Because one thing I want to say, because you know I'll forget, is, like, when you went on all the chats or when you saw anybody posting about it, for the most part, the first comment, you know, everybody, the first comment is undefeated, right? So the first comment is always going to set the tone. And there will be people like, is this for sure revival? Uh, are people being discipled? This, And I get it, because... Trust me, I feel that. I want, it, I want it to be done in excellence and in order. But like I said, I welcome it. I love it, whether whether it's revival. A lot of people are claiming that this is could be the end time revival. Like at the end of the day, um, I just know that there was a lot of people asking questions. So it's cool to ask questions. But what I want is from the, from the people who know better, from the people who have the wisdom and the knowledge, when you go on these chat rooms, like let's help point people to where they need to be pointed instead of just like, 
pointing at whatever the mistake. Yeah, these will be. are. Let's this is ahead. a great. This is a great. Uh, yeah. This is a great thing to happen. Why? Because lives are are being changed, and I think it's that, beautiful, no matter I, what. I think. I think the way I even bring it up is, you know, as kids, Fern, like how many times did we hear revival, 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 revival? Yeah. And my my whole thing has been. Um, in my personal opinion, like I'm not talking about this circumstance, but in my personal opinion, I feel like they have we have forced revival sometimes um, on people because we're like this, you know, like churches. Hey, it's a seven day revival. Like, is it a seven day revival or is this just seven days of sermons? You know, we don't know. Um, and I, I feel like this feels good, and I'm excited about it. I have no, I have no information. I don't know anybody. I just know that. I know that yeah. there's certain people there that are just loving it. I love it. Super organic, grassroots effort. Yes. It just sparked out and of I nowhere, which it, is and yeah. I love that it started in a prayer service because you know, like I oh, yeah. I hate and my this is a one thing I don't like. I don't like when revivals tied to a man, right? So it's like revivals, mm. t- and that's why I think this is special because it's not tied into a man. It's tied into like, hey, this is it's our school actually. It's happening on campus. But I hate when it's like, hey, this is the man who – because then we center it around that man and his platform and his ministry. Mm-hmm. And it almost reminds me of that story in Acts where you know I think it's John and um, Peter are walking. And then there's this guy who says, these are men of God. And then I think Peter is like, I rebuke you. And, and people would always – like why did he rebuke the man that's saying this is a man of God? It's because the devil's always trying to take – the, the the highlight off of what God's doing and trying to put it always on man. And so what I love about these revivals is that it's really centered around the school and the campus instead of, hey, Dr. Brown Johnson is the one who started it. I, I hate that. Mm. I love mm-hmm. that it's like prayer driven. Yeah. So I have Googled like the actual, how is revival defined in mm. the dictionary? And there are two... Um, there are two different definitions. One is an improvement in the condition, strength, or fortunes of someone or something, or an instance of something becoming popular, active, or important mm. again. And I think it's kind of a combination of the two things. So I don't know if you guys have kind of sensed this. So I can only speak from personal experience and perspective, but also like from maybe like a young millennial slash old Gen Z <laughs> perspective i'm like i sit in the middle i'm like somewhere but um it's like i've kind of seen like through the pandemic there's been like a shifting of priorities for a lot of people yeah so like i so like my experience is like i was working in mainstream media and i don't want to say that i was lukewarm but i had my foot in both places Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah and i was like i'm gonna be the christian that god puts in culture and i know that god put me in the positions that god put me in yeah but then through the pandemic god was like okay you need to start letting go of like some of the places that you work at Mm. because your identity is not in them and you need to shift that now into ministry so that's been a really weird transition for me personally but that's not just my story i'm seeing like a lot of people around my age have got this like desire and this like hunger for jesus that hasn't been seen in a really long time i feel like and i think because of the pandemic we had so much time at home where it was like we actually just had time to sit and kind of reflect and i feel like the world is getting a reset so i feel like there's this new impartation and god's literally just looking for people saying like do you want to be used by me? Like, can you be a conduit for my glory? Like, can I shine through you? And can I use you? That's all he's asking. He's not asking for people to be perfect or whatever. But I think everyone has like very specific assignments. And that's kind of what I'm seeing amongst Mm. like my friends Mm. and in churches and stuff like that. Do you think 
this is revival. I mean, absolutely. Um, what what I yeah. think is this, and I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of uh, you know friends of ours and you know preachers and pastors giving their takes on it, and some feel it's revival. And like I said, um, it, it was all written. You know, uh, I remember reading Revelations when I was locked up. My dad bought me uh, a Bible to transition house when I was in Orlando, and the first thing I did was read Revelation. And one of the things that keeps me, you know, sleeping well at night, no matter how rocky this is going to get, no matter how crazy it's going to get, due to the fact that I believe in Jesus Christ and everything about him, then I know I win. And I know how it ends. I know it's going to be it's going to be something that can't be described in words and even words don't do it any justice. Um, But as far as revival, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things popping up that weren't necessarily popping up and the youth is getting involved and it's just taking over slowly, but surely you're starting to see the stories of, Oh, more, more campuses are getting on fire. And then this other place is getting on fire. More people are just being apt to, you know, just repping Jesus name in a time where I feel like the world's just getting boring. Like people are just seeing a lot of the repetitive, repetitive, repetitive Mm -hmm. things. Even like I heard somebody do a hot take about music. Forgot who it was. I think it was it was Andre Benjamin, Marty. He did a hot take the other day. He's like, "There's no creativity in music. Everything is just repetitive. Everything is just the same." This is a recent take. Um, and and at the end of the day, I just feel like people are hungry. You said that, Hannah, and piggybacking off of that, people are hungry, and they don't know what they're looking for. So they don't know that revival is not what they want. Where back in the days, people would be like, "Oh, I ain't going to church." I ain't. Listen, the world is so crazy right now and moving at six hundred billion miles an hour that when revival hits. People won't even know that that's what they were looking for. Uh, People are so hungry Mm -hmm. right now that I feel revival's on its way. You're starting to see it. Um, Like I said, if this is the beginning of it, in Jesus' name, so be it. I need it to be. We want it to be. We welcome Mm -hmm. that. You know what I mean? So, uh, like I said, I think we're going to get more stories from the ground. We're going to get more stories from people who are present. Whoever was there with video, put that documentary together so we could see what took place there. But, uh, But I know that anything that has to do with Jesus, you know, God's going to be putting his hand on it, you know? So I know that he has something to do with that. And, you know, I'm just proud. I'm proud that yeah. that we're, we're starting to be more vocal about it. And just us talking about it here and uploading this and us, you know, just putting our thoughts and pieces of it um, is just welcoming ourselves into the conversation. So all I'm saying is the, the more culture starts to really just speak his name and not be ashamed of it. And when I say speak his name, that might that might be shining your light when you're in the studio in a secular session. That might be you might be in a movie studio in a secular movie, but you shine your light. You stand firm. You stand on all 10 mm-hmm. no matter what. You don't you don't sway. And so that's really what it is, man. It looks different on different fronts. But at the same time, it's just being faithful to God, because at the end of the day, we realize that we can't do anything without him. We realize that without him, we're damned to eternal damnation. And uh, anything that brings revival, anything that's bringing that eternity to us closer, anything that could bring eternal, peaceful life with my father, with my savior, I welcome that. And I think we've we've been in need, I think. Well, a couple. I have a couple thoughts, and I don't want to seem like the old guy because I'm like, you know, I'm because gonna I'm come. the old guy. I need I'm <laughs> no, the old guy because I'm gonna come because I I have some honest questions, right? Like yeah. I love the idea of revival, and mm-hmm. my my honest questions would be, you know, for a while they thought in New York was revival, right? And they thought, wow, twenty thousand mm-hmm. people on a Sunday, people are getting saved. We're doing things different, like so. My concern, and then you see what happened with. And it crushes my heart because a lot of people now doesn't exist in New York. I just feel like the most important part of a revival is the stewarding. 
And so like what Fern said, I know, I get it. Like, you know, it's all about, you know, who, who are people being discipled? So like, yeah, all those are valid questions. And we just got to hope and pray that whatever God's doing there, it's not a flash in the pan and that it it's something that lasts longer. And so I think that the reason I like it is number one, it's on a campus. So there's a lot of yeah. people who are able to speak into it that, you know, you have a Christian school. There, there are probably some professors and some intellectuals that are able to help steward it in, in a way that like, I want this to last. I, I just, I hate the idea of, you know, revival. And it's like, Oh, those were good. Cause I feel like we've been in, we've been in, it's time. It's been time for one. We haven't seen one for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And the way I think the way I think of revival is two, it's a twofold revival. Number one is like acts two revival where everybody is just, it doesn't matter who you are. You are getting, you're going to get hit with a wave of the Holy spirit. Your life's going to change the conviction. That's amazing. And I love that idea. I don't think that that's, I think that that was the wineskin for that time. Now, I think that if we try to reproduce what has already happened, God, the Bible says we could do better things, you know, and we, the Bible also talks about different wineskins, how every generation is a new wineskin. There's something new happening. And so like for us, we can't think of revival in terms of what happened in the past. And so that's why I'm excited to see what will happen with these campuses. And I, again, I think it's long overdue. We've, there hasn't been a movement of God. I think after the pandemic, the pandemic really leveled the playing field when it came to church because churches with thousands of people now have hundreds because people realize, like, I don't think I want to go to church anymore. I want my Sunday with me and my family, you know, and I don't know. I don't know if uh, I don't. I don't know if this is just another step in the direction for uh, people just to come back to church or just know that God is real. I think that if I was to say anything, revival to me that would that would be the most amazing type of revival is a revival that lets the earth know that we serve a very real God who is still on the throne. He's not the baby in the manger. He is king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He is God. He is the Messiah. And like when you think of it in terms of that, it's like God's touching earth for a moment to let you know there is future glory. Like that's the way I think of it. And I used to think of revival as the whole city is about to get saved. And now I start to think of revival as there's something happening special and that God's making his presence known. And I want, I want to see that. I want to see a revival that people like, you know, like God is very real. He's touched. And I, again, I, I go back to that theory of I hate forcing God's hand. I hate, I hate personally, I used to go to a church where people would force the miracles to happen, you know, force people to fall on the ground, force people to, you know, like, oh, my leg, like, get out, get out the wheelchair and walk. And you're like, that person's not healed. Like the person's falling over. It's like, do we, I don't want to force God's presence or force a healing. Like, you know, like if God does it, he does it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And we can't just say every person that this quote unquote man of God prays for is going to get up and jump around. You know, God is God and we don't have the power to be like, to make you healed. It's, it's God's power. And so I want to see, I like a revival that can't be blamed on man. And that's why this revival mm. is probably my most favorite. And I'm really praying that God just continually works in, in the students and everyone who's there, because it's like, who, who is the man behind this? There is not one person yeah. right now. It's being named after the school and that's why it's incredible. But I do think that it's in the best place possible in a school where there's intellectuals, where there's people who are pastors that can also help govern and steward what God's doing. 
back in, I don't know about you, Fern, but like we used to have youth camp where like it yeah. wasn't successful unless we were all on the floor, knocked out. Saturday under the night. Of God. <laughs> like that's what would be revival for us was revival was if you're not on the ground with um like a piece with of cloth. With the blue blanket. If you don't have the blue blanket on you, it ain't happening. <laughs> do you have that, Hannah? Like, like do you ever, you ever go to service where everyone's on the Listen. floor like praying and speaking in tongues? Like This was before was social media. I would have had so yeah. many that blue blanket like, pictures. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was like literally every Sunday in the church yes. I grew up in. Yeah. And yeah. I remember um my brother saying to me, he was like, I wish we had social media at that time or like a chance did, to record yeah. it. Because like, you know, if you look back and you know, you think about some of the things that happened to you in church as a kid and you're like, the what? grace of God is amazing. Right. Um, what? But that would have been a crazy exactly. era. Definitely. Yeah. There was a lot of things that we got away with. There's a lot. Like, I remember it, like, and that's, to me, wrong thinking, right? Like, yeah. if I, if every, <laughs> if every Sunday you need to be on the ground, Conviction there's something weird about that. Yeah. There's something weird about, and I remember a, I, when I went to school, I mean, I went to, I when I went to, uh, school and and we were learning about the word of god and and you know all the systematic theology and all these big classes that you take i remember one of my professors said if you fall under the power and presence of god and you came up the same person who fell then that wasn't god you lied to everybody you laid on the ground and you lied but if you got up after feeling the presence of god that it made you knock out and, and your legs buckle and you get up and you're transformed then it's authentic. And I can't I can't even tell you how many times as a kid I'd fall, get back up, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go wild out again. Like I'm good with God. And next week. Yeah, I'm when we were younger, we didn't know exactly yeah, when we were younger, we didn't know exactly. Wild. Think that like I think people have this idea of revival of being like a sweeping moment. And that can be how it happens. It could be how it happened in the past. But you know how you guys said earlier about how it's like God wants to do something new? Yeah. And it's I think for revival to actually start it starts with the individual and that's what i was saying about like the pandemic and how like god is changing people's heart posture and like their character and like without that time and that like taking that time out to cultivate a personal conviction um god can't use people to be kind of like vessels for revival if that makes sense Mm. because i think it's so easy to say like, oh, revival's here. And then you said like people go back to their normal life, but like sometimes progress, like it's about progression. It's not about like perfection, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, I know that's like a proper like cliche, but um, I think Michael Todd says it's like a pace of grace. So it's like sometimes the healing or whatever it is, is progressive. It's God can do the instant miracle, yes. but I think yes. people look for the fortune cookie, um, genie in a lamp, like I'm going to rub this and get three wishes and my life's going to be perfect. And yeah. I think like that's how people view revival and how people view Christianity. And it's like, that's not the case. Like yeah. as a Christian, like so, that she says in James about how like, count it all joy even when you go through hardship because it it's like it produces perseverance and character and all of those things and i think like that's the key that people are not like that people are maybe missing sometimes is like it's about you changing not like oh the person and like you said as well like not kind of like idolizing things or like people as like oh i need to be touched or anointed by the man or woman of god it's like no no no. god can use who he's going to use god could use a youtube video god could use a tiktok sound god could use a bible verse whatever it is like i just don't i think people need to let go of like maybe expectation of how they think something should be and it's literally about that personal conviction 
Yeah, 100. I, I mean, I, if you want to get technical, like I think we've seen revival. We just never labeled it revival, right? So I would say, and this might be the hot take of this episode, mm-hmm. but when I think of Mike Todd's church, even though I'm mm-hmm. saying Mike Todd's church, transformation church, what happened? What has been happening with transformation church is revival, in my opinion, right? So like you're seeing lives changed, discipled people in the community being transformed because of a church that like God's. It's like the kingdom. That's what I think of. And so I think about my my church, our church that me and Fern went to for years and um, until I moved. But Vu Church, Vu Church, like we, there was a church that had nobody that now has like 20,000, 30,000 people inside of the church. And they do so much, so much, so many different outreaches, so many different programs. Like that to me is a revival as well. It's like you're, you're having people who were addicted to drugs. Now they're serving in a church and they're out, going a part of the outreaches. And so, I think that there has been moments of revival where a move of God has just happened. Mm-hmm. And I would say transformation church. I would say there's a couple churches like Voodoo church. Like there are certain churches that I've seen where God has yeah. transformed the entire city. Like Voodoo has a huge impact on the city of Miami. Um, in the city of Tulsa, transformation church. You know, there's many churches that I could be like, yeah. And so, you know, we have seen revival if we want to get technical because some of these churches are doing amazing things in the community and they're doing, you know, that's the job of the church to me is like to take care of the widows and orphans. That is the mm-hmm. goal. And if you break that down even further, like that, the Bible says that that's true religion. That's the book of James. True religion is taking care of widows and orphans. It's not... It's not what we think it is because it's really taking care of the people who don't who who need someone to help them. And the Bible even says they, that God puts people inside families. That's mm-hmm. He takes the lonely and ma- puts them inside of a family. Like that to me is a form of revival. Seeing people give their lives to God and want to be baptized, and you know it's the first time going. To, like that's a form of revival. I'm just excited that people are experiencing God in a new way. What's going on, you guys? Your boyfriend from Social Club Misfits, and you just listened to episode two of the Social Club Misfits podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and like. We'll see you next week.